In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Kylar Gardner about selling info products on Amazon. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 108. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky, and I'm here today with Kylar Gardner. Kylar has published more than 35 books on Amazon, writing and designing many of them herself. She's currently traveling full-time as a digital nomad and working on her first novel. I asked her in the show today to talk about selling info products on Amazon. So hi, Kylar. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, awesome to have you on the show. I love um, I love talking to retailers, and I don't know if you call yourself a retailer, but folks kind of out there selling and doing things. It's always kind of interesting to really get the, you know, the tactics on someone who's actually doing it today. So super uh, excited for this. Yeah, me too. So you, so currently you publish you said 35 books on Amazon, right? And these are all under, are they under your name or are they under different names? Or what do you typically do? They're all under fake names okay. and quite a few different fake names as well, because I batch them by the niche or the genre they're in. Okay. Um, so they're mostly nonfiction. They're pretty short, around seven to 15,000 words. And they come in all different formats. I sell ebooks, paperbacks, hardcovers, and audiobooks. Okay. And so I need to unpack this a little. And the whole digital nomad thing, is a, there's a lot here, and this is super interesting. So first, nonfiction. Why, why are you publishing nonfiction under, um, and what's the term in it? Um, is there a different term when you say someone else's a, name, like a made-up like pseudonym? A pseudonym, uh, yes. yeah, or a pen name. Yeah. Yes, a pen name. Why would you publish nonfiction under a pen name? Um, so I, when I started it, I just, I was just doing it for the money. I just wanted to see if I could make a buck on Amazon, and I wasn't saying like this is, you know, a topic that I want to be known for as a writer myself. I just want to see if I can put it out there and it gets a good response. So that's been my tactic. So you didn't want to. So, so it sounds like if it didn't do, so you have a background in journalism, right? It's kind of, mm-hmm. okay. So it sounds like if it didn't do well, it was a complete flop. You wanted to just say, was it me? Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. But then if it's successful, I also can't really take credit for it. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Got it. Okay. So how long ago was that that you did the first one? About three years ago now. Okay. So you did 35 in three years. 35, yeah. And I, it's about 50 if I include all the translations as well. I've outsourced translations into like French, Spanish, Italian for quite a few of them as well. Wow. Okay. So that, so that is amazing. And what kind of topics are we talking about here? Like... So it's mostly kind of short like how-to guides. Um, self-help does really well. Like you know, how to have more charisma or make friends or meet people. Um, or like I have some in the pet care niche for different animals and pets. Um, but it's kind of like FBA in that people are a bit secretive about their niches because niche research is the first step, but also the most important part. Because if you find a niche that is hungry for content, most of the work is done for you there. Whereas if you're really trying to push something that people don't want or it's oversaturated, it's just going to be such a climb to get that to make money. Yes. Okay. So self-help and things like that, those are the ones that kind of, you, you see, you can see people buying that, right? So you're not selling to, you know, left-handed potato farmers. You're selling to a, a very broad, already existing audience, right? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got it. Okay. And what were you doing before? So to even back up, what were you doing before this? How you even thought to start just publishing books on Amazon? Like, how did you get into this? So you mentioned I have a background in journalism. That's what I studied in college. And then I worked as a journalist for about three years in my hometown of Chicago. And then I wanted to travel. So I found a job working for a software company. It was remote. Um, We had three months of training in Vietnam, which was super cool. And then we could work from anywhere. Um, So I was just doing customer service for them. But it was a software program that helps people sell on FBA, like look at their analytics and their keywords and all that. So I learned how to optimize Amazon listings and find keywords and find niches and all of that. So then when I left that job about a year later, I had both the writing background from journalism and then the Amazon background from the job. And it was so easy to just combine those and start a Kindle business. I love these like origin stories where it's when you tell it like that, it sounds like such like a straight road. Like ah, I just did this and did this. like all these things just happened in this line. But I have a feeling it's never really like that in real life. Like telling backwards, it sounds like a straight line. But usually going forwards, it's like curvy, windy road. Is that kind of right? And much more stressful. <laughs> like that in that version, it's like I slept soundly every night because it was all laid out and predestined. But yeah, when you're on it, it's so messy and you never know what's coming next or what's going to happen. Yeah, I think this is a good message for people because every time it always sounds like, you know, like happiness and sunshine and all these things. And it's a straight line. And like, I just follow the path. But like, it's so it's so not that um, were there kind of struggles along the way where you weren't sure or kind of had a difficult time of was it was it really sunshine? Oh, rainbows? for sure. Okay. No, no. (laughs) Um, My first book actually took me about six months to finish. And I don't think it was actually the tasks I had to perform to finish it. It was the mindset of just writing a book and publishing a book sounded like such a huge intimidating task. And it really took a lot to work through that and find that motivation and overcome the fear and the worry and now I can like conceive of a book and write it and publish it in maybe less than a week. So that first one was really just, I just, you felt like you're in the darkness, you know, and you're just looking, what's the path? I can't even see where I'm going. I don't know how to do this. Um, so yeah, that was really hard in the beginning. And then of course, as you grow and learn more, there's also always going to be new challenges. Like now I have to learn how to do Amazon ads and I once again, I'm in the dark and can't find my way. So it's just constantly a learning process. When you say it was fair, like what, what is the fair initially in this? Cause you knew how to write, you know, you had a background in writing, you knew how to kind of work with Amazon. So where did that fair come in? Um, I guess you worried that, or I worried that I wouldn't, that I couldn't do it. Um, and I did start it when I was still working full time. So it was a side hustle. But I remember when I left that job and I started doing it full time, I had like a nice little chunk of savings. I was living in Thailand very cheaply and I didn't have a lot of responsibilities besides myself. So I had all day long to work on this business. And I felt like, you know, I have everything stacked in my favor. And if I can't make this work now, could I ever? So I put a lot of pressure on myself in that way of 
just feeling like I had that one really, really great opportunity and I wanted to take full advantage of it. Mm, interesting. It's funny. Some people, I feel like, like want that pressure. That's like the only way they can do it is with that pressure and they want to, you know, burn the ships and know that this is like the one thing, but other people like don't want that pressure. It makes you feel anxious and, you know, you have a difficult time doing it. It's, it's almost like you have to know yourself when it comes into this. And it's very hard at the beginning because if you've never done this, it's hard to know how you're going to react to, do you want pressure? Do you want no, like, would you know, it's very hard at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. And then having no pressure as well, once you become too comfortable, then it's hard to find that motivation. So there's definitely a, a happy medium somewhere where you're not too anxious, but you're also not too comfortable. Yeah, it sounds like it. So is right now, do you feel a lot less pressure or do you just kind of know, is it more like you, you know how to do it and it's just kind of waking up, putting in the time, doing the reps and you kind of, you know, you know, this is how it's going to, this is how it's going to work once I do it. Yeah. For the nonfiction, I think so. Um, I feel like that, and it's also pretty passive. Um, so that's cruising along quite well. I feel comfortable there at the moment. Um, but then I'm trying to now write a book under my own name. So once again, taking that next level, learning something new. And so then I'm once again, uncomfortable and anxious and <laughs> struggling again. So. Well, and that's, that's actually a, I, the way you do You're talking about doing that, right? So instead of going all in at the very beginning and saying, I'm going to write under my own name, I'm going to put all this pressure on myself and it's, you know, it's going to be too much. It sounds like you started off with like just enough where you had the pressure, but you didn't, you knew, okay, if this fails, I'm going to do it under a pen name, a pseudonym sort of thing. And I can just kind of wash my hands and pretend like it never happened and walk away type of thing. For it's like doing your own name. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of like emotional stuff that's caught up in that. Where you're going to tell your family and friends, Hey, I'm writing a book. Like you're going to really like it. It's hard to do at the beginning, kind of come out with that big splash. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I did have a step in between where I wrote another novel under like my my first real name, but a fake last name <laughs> with like little stair <laughs> well, steps yeah, towards really, my real name. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I like that, though, because you're not you're not just jumping in head first, right? You're you're really doing these stair steps where if this fails, like, OK, we there's a, like an, an escape hatch. And OK, now we did it. Let's do a couple more. Let's kind of Okay, now it's getting a little, it's getting a little more mundane. And now you kind of go to, you're using your real right. first name. And then now that's the next big step, using your real actual name. Right. And I was curious if you felt this at all, because I think you started with drop shipping, right? Which is like, can be a very anonymous business. So when you started spark shipping and you were like, I'm the owner, I'm the face of this. Did you feel any of that as well of needing to make a splash and impress people and... Uh a hundred I for the longest time I don't even think I told anyone when people really when people ask what I did I just kind of was like ah, I'm in, I work with computers people like oh what, do you like do you like work at Best Buy like we don't really know what you're doing and like I just work with computers and like I just literally had like the strangest answer because I didn't I didn't know at that point and I didn't really want to tie up my own self image in that because I wasn't same thing you're talking about which is interesting I wasn't sure if it would succeed so I kind of did the same thing of you know, and like you said, yeah, drop shipping, you can just, you hide behind the name of the site. And it's not, when you go to like a about us page, you don't actually see the founder and like, here's my bio. You just see like, hey, we sell some products. Here you go. So it's kind of the same thing. It allows you this level of, you're doing it, you're selling, but it's almost like you're trying to see if you can do it. And then at some point you're like, all right, now let's tie up my, um, 
self-image in this and like let's type my name and like who I am in this and it really becomes and then you actually tell people this is what I do so I can totally respect what you did because I kind of did the same thing for all the same uh-huh. reasons too which is interesting yeah so now so now that you're kind of getting some of these books out there how do you actually go through that selection process like how do you find um what you should be writing about because it's it kind of sounds like you don't you're not tied into one particular topic this isn't like hey you're an ex you are the expert in x and you're going to only write about that you kind of sound like you take a different approach to selection yeah i try to find something that i think with some research i can write about which is a lot like journalism like you find a topic and you don't know much about it and then you go learn about it and you rewrite it for other people to read So nothing super technical or like medical or health related or anything. Um, But to find a niche, I would search a keyword or a niche idea on Amazon and look at the first page of results. Because if you're not on the first page, you don't exist basically on Amazon and you see how those books are performing and also what quality they have. Do they have covers that could be better? Do they have some negative reviews where people are saying, I wish this book really had this topic or this aspect of the topic in it, and you could write a book with that in it and get better reviews. Um, So you just kind of see where there's a gap in the market that you could fill. Okay, so you're really just starting, just coming up with random, almost random ideas at that point and just typing them to Amazon and just seeing where down the rabbit hole you go. Yeah, and you can, you know, use keyword tools and stuff like that. Um, But I always found it more fun to just go down that rabbit hole of searching things on the internet, like going to an Amazon page for the bestsellers in, I don't know, like women's hobbies under an hour to read books. And there's the top 100 books in that category on Amazon and seeing what are all the different things that are under there that people are reading about. Hmm, I like the the idea too of going through the other books feedback about what they don't do and kind of find like a a hole. Yeah. Like how could you improve that product for the customer? Yeah. Okay. So you just, how do you, do you sit down ahead of time and just start to generate these ideas on just random topics? Are you really just sitting down and like open it, go to amazon.com and then just starting down the rabbit hole? But do you, or do you go, I guess in the beginning, I think in the beginning, I just sat down and said, okay, what what am I going to think of? And then once I started doing it, I would be more aware in my daily life of noticing a sign or something that someone would talk about or just hearing different things. And then I would be like, oh, mental note, go research that on Amazon later. That could be a really interesting niche. So I guess it's just getting ideas from everywhere. Okay. So then once you get the idea, so you get the idea and then you start saying, okay, it looks like I can do this. Look at the competition and you realize like there's just in this category, you kind of feel somewhat confident you can rank within that first page at that point. And that's where you know, let's kind of go in on this. Yeah. And then you would look at all the different keywords you would want to be targeting because that's how I um, sell my nonfiction. I do use ads, but it's mostly ranking for the keyword that when someone searches it, you want to come up at the top of the page. So your book is the first one they click on. So for whatever topic there, you can find maybe seven to 10 keywords that you really want to target for that book. And then, um, you would kind of write it based off of that. Okay. How would you, and I'm, I'm an engineer, so I like, I like numbers. Where would you kind of percentage of the pie? Where would you say you spend researching ahead of time versus writing versus promoting? 
Like, how do you slice that pie for a particular book? Researching, I think, is well, finding the niche and would be different than then researching the niche once you oh, found okay. it. And finding yeah. the niche would maybe be like 50 percent because you really want to find maybe not that high, but in importance, at least 50 percent time, maybe like 35 percent, then maybe another 35 percent researching. Um, We're going to quiz you. We're going to quiz you if these don't add up to 100. So (laughs) I know someone's keeping track. What are we at? Yeah. Okay, I've got 30 percent left. That's not very much. This is totally (laughs) inaccurate. But I think writing is is the easiest part for me because once I have all the information, I worked in journalism. So if I just set myself a deadline of I need to crank this out in a week, I can sit down and just burn through that information really fast. Um, and then you, I sometimes design the cover, sometimes outsource it. Um, there's also writing the listing, which is like sales copy writing versus the actual informational writing of the book. Once you found your keywords, you kind of have to put it all together in the Amazon backend, which t- doesn't take very long. And then in terms of promotion, that's, that, that doesn't take too much time either because there's different promotion sites you can use where you just pay them to send your book to their list when it's free or 99 cents and then running ads as well through Amazon PPC. So when you say there's different sites, there's a, they can promote your book to, so you don't promote it to your own, you don't, you don't try to generate your own list, but you find others with a list. And they try to promote your book to their list. Yeah, it would be a good idea to try and build my own list, but it's just something that I've never gotten traction with, especially because in the beginning I was testing out so many different niches. My books are kind of all over the place, so there's not really one niche that I can really put all my books in. So I would have to kind of build all these different lists and... That's just never been, since they rank for keywords, that's never been a huge priority, though people always tell me that I should build a list and then sell like courses and upsell people on products and things, but I've never gone into any of that. Hmm. So you're just finding other folks that are will, willing to promote your books, but what do they get out of it? Uh, my money. It's okay. just like 40 bucks, 75 bucks, and they have a list of readers who want discount books. Okay. On a particular top. So you say if I'm doing self-help for women looking for hobbies or whatever the uh, niches you're able to find people that have women looking for hobbies and want to buy a book about it and they just promote it to their list they're actually not that detailed it's usually because these sites also do fiction which is much much bigger than nonfiction. so they'll they'll break down the fiction into romance mystery historical fiction, all these different types of fiction books, but then there's just one category for nonfiction. So it can be a bit of a mixed bag if you're finding the right readers through that. Oh, so nonfiction is a larger audience. I know I know very little about this. I'm completely, um, I'm getting education here as well. So non- uh-huh. fi- nonfiction is a lot larger of an audience? Um, uh, well, actually, I, I don't know whether to say like how big the audiences are. Um, but in terms of money, like romance is where the million dollar businesses are at. People make so much money in writing romance because in nonfiction, you have a customer who needs to solve a problem and maybe they'll buy your book and two other books and they read them and they solve their problem. Whereas fiction readers, like they're just insatiable. They'll read as much as an author writes if they like the author. So you can keep that customer coming back 
to infinity. So yeah, romance. Okay, never thought. I'm I'm mainly a nonfiction reader. I read a lot, but books to me are like tools. Like I'm going to like Home Depot and buying like a you know a bunch of tools to do something. So like you said, I want to know how to do you know Amazon PPC. So I literally go there and just get the top three books, burn through them as quick as I can, and then those are my tools and I go on. But so that's interesting that nonfiction is a whole different. Oh, sorry, fiction is a very different beast. Have you never? Yeah. Oh, for sure. But you've never thought of going into the fiction or is that just so different of a process? I did try to go into fiction um, last year. And that was also the same time I tried to hire writers to help me write the fiction because I don't have a background in that. So they could write it much better and much faster than I could. Um, But I just never was able to crack the marketing of it because it's so much different than nonfiction because you're not ranking for like the keyword mystery, which would be absurd. Um, It's you're building a list and doing all these different types of promotion. So I was just never able to make that work with the outsourcing. It's it's always interesting when each business, they sound so similar, just like I'm an author and I publish books, but just the marketing, the process of it is so wildly different because the audience is so different that the whole it's almost like a totally different business but they sound from the outsider they sound very similar but they're really not it sounds like yeah no they're totally different but it just sounds like books i just write books what's the difference (laughs) so you started trying to hire authors to help with this and that so that didn't go well it did it did not go well i think another thing i learned about myself was that i don't enjoy managing people and i don't enjoy building systems and automating things. And I think I felt that to be a good entrepreneur or the right type of entrepreneur, I had to build a business that I could scale and then like automate myself out of. So I was just an owner. Um, But I just kind of wanted to write and tinker around with stuff uh, when I wanted to and not have this big team or this big machine. Um, so I eventually shut it down and decided to just keep being a solopreneur and doing it all by myself. And I find that I'm just much happier with that. That's interesting. Cause I feel like when I feel like when you go into this and there's not this like rule book of telling you what to do, but somehow in your head, you make up these fictional rules that you must follow just from like you put them together and I've done the same thing. And as you're doing it and you're conforming to these odd rules, And then as you're doing it, you're realizing, I don't have to do that. Like, I can actually just do anything I want. I'm not like, there's no one anymore forcing me to follow this rule. I'm only, I made up, you essentially make up a rule and you follow your old made up rule down this path that makes no sense. And then you realize, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Do you have any that you can think of right now that you followed made up rules? All the, yeah, probably a lot on things like hiring, for example. Um, Everyone, you know, very quickly People want, to sh- people want to see how large of a team you have. And I think people, people do that as a proxy of success um, where people don't want to come and, you know, if you meet someone at a party and they say, hey, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an author or I'm a writer or I'm a business owner. People, what they actually are thinking in their head is they're, they're trying to gauge how large you are, how successful you are, right? But they can't ask yeah. that question outright. So they ask these weird proxies like, well, how many people are on your team? So you start thinking to yourself, well, I have to build a large team to impress these random people that are using this for an an odd proxy of success. But it turns out it's not actually a good proxy, right? Because you could have a, I'd much rather have a very large business with a small number of people working for me than a 
large business that's like barely breaking even each month. So you start to make up these things and realize like it's not about headcount. It's about profit and being happy and being sustainable. And you start really digging into like what makes you happy. And it sounds like you kind of did that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a process that I had to go through to realize that. And I think I am very much a people person as well. And doing the solo thing can become quite lonely, especially when you're traveling as well. Um, so I was like so excited to have people to talk to as well and be coworkers again. I mean, I guess I was the boss, but I found that very fun. So then it was a bit heartbreaking for me to have to let them all go. Um, but I do think that, yeah, just management is not for me. Hmm. You're traveling. So you travel full time right now. This is, you not, do you have a home base somewhere in the U.S. or are you just? No, I'm homeless. You're homeless. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're homeless and you just travel like every, you know, 100% throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in Italy before this for the summer and now I'm in Thailand for a couple months and then I'll be in Australia for that summer. So I kind of follow summer around the world because I don't, I grew up in Chicago and I'm, I've seen enough winters. I'm done. I'm in Boston right now, and it's gray and rainy out, so I can see up there. Yeah, so we have fake light here, so it looks like it's always sunny here, but it's it's really not. It's very gray. <laughs> so, what made you decide? This is what you you just decided. You were working, and you were in you were in were you in Chicago when you were working full time? Mm-hmm. And you just kind yeah. of said, "I just want to leave this behind and do my thing." Yeah. Well. Um... You know, in America, we don't get a lot of vacation and like to even make it to Asia and back, you'd have to use your full two weeks of the year just to make that trip because it's so far away. So I just I knew I wanted to travel more and that was it. Um, And I had heard of these digital nomads. But from what I had read online, I thought it was either travel bloggers or computer programmers who worked remotely Um, so I was just kind of looking into that and trying, I was Googling like how to make money online. Um, but it was the digital nomad subreddit where I found that job that I got where I was just in customer service. And that was a company run by digital nomads. So I got to just jump into the community and meet tons of people while not having to worry about make my own, making my own income, which was great. Um, so I really recommend that for people is like get an apprenticeship or like a low level job with a remote company and get in that way versus putting all the pressure on yourself to, you know, I'm going to start traveling and become an entrepreneur and do all these things at once. And it can really just be a lot at once. Hmm. I'm seeing a theme here of this, like stair stepping, right? It sounds like this is like, yeah, this is some, was this something you plan or is this just like, like, is this something you've always done this approach? Um, well, I feel like you've just enlightened me that this is my approach. So <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> have well, I, have hear, I always done this? I don't know. Cause you have so many people that, you know, it's, it sounds like entrepreneurship just the, in the broad term, it's like, you know, like this like superhero and you just kind of like jump right in and do everything and you figure it all out. But like, I think a lot of people follow the same path of you're just kind of trying, you're doing just enough where you're never, you're never saying let's let's like, uh, you know, flip over the table, start everything brand new. You're saying, you know what, I have a job, but let's try to just do a digital nomad job. Okay, that worked. Now let's try to see how I, I'll, like, each thing is just kind of a, a step into the next thing. I like that. I like that way of doing things. Yeah, it's, it's much more manageable that way in both like a practical way and then also a mindset way of just pushing yourself enough out of your comfort zone without 
tearing your whole life apart. Well, and you get to find out if you like it, right? Because traveling, yeah. you know, living in Asia sounds great, right? Because it's rainy and gray hair, but maybe some people might not actually like that. So you got to actually try it before you, you know, 100% bought into it, it sounds like. Yeah. And I, at first I didn't, I just wanted to travel. Like being an entrepreneur was not, I just wanted to do that to fund the traveling. So once I had a job that was paying me, I was like, why would I ever want to start my own business? I can see all my new friends who have an FBA business and they look stressed and they're working all the time. And I just have to go in for nine to five and I get a paycheck. Um, but then the company was sold and it was like a really hectic transition. And I realized then, okay, well, I, I can't actually depend on a job to always be sunshine and rainbows. And that sort of then my mindset changed of maybe I do want to work for myself and maybe that is the better option with more freedom. Okay. So you, you almost kind of like an accident, accidental entrepreneur. You're almost like forced into it in life. It sounds like. That's really good. That's a good like brand. Yeah, <laughs> the, the accidental, accidental entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Could be the next book. There's a, there's a title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I hadn't planned on it. It, but so you did it to almost create your, you basically started seeing what, how you want to live and how you want to kind of just be each day and realized for you to do that, you you need to create your own thing to have that life. Yeah. Which is a very, like having that come from within instead of seeing just, you know, I want to speak on stage at conferences or something. And doesn't that look so cool? It was very much like an emotional and a very like motivating thing for me that I wanted deep down inside. Yeah. That's, I feel like that must, must be a very different motivator. I talked to a lot of folks and when you start asking them like why they did it, they don't really have this, you know, they don't have like a, to make money or, you know, they didn't want a full-time jet sort of thing, but you more had like a picture of your life and just needed to get to that. And this was like Mm -hmm. just your vehicle there. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I, I really love working for myself. It, like we said before, it hasn't been sunshine and rainbows. I really had to learn, like when you're getting a paycheck, you can be a bit lazy, I think, because no matter your output, you're getting that paycheck. Whereas as soon as I was working for myself, I realized I have so many bad habits. This is not good for my productivity. I don't have a boss. How do I actually get things done when I'm only accountable to myself? So it was really a struggle and a learning process, but I felt like I went through so much personal growth with that as well that it was it was really great. Yeah. So but now now that you're doing it, now that you doing the digital nomad, you have the books, you kind of have it all. It, I mean, it sounds from the outside like you have it all figured out. What's next? Like it's kind of like you've achieved this life. Is it just to keep doing this or is there something else that now you kind of, you reach that peak and now you're trying to reach the next peak on the mountain? Yeah. So I think this is a story that I see a lot of people go through where in the beginning it's, I just want freedom and I just need the money and, you know, maybe they're drop shipping some product they would not use themselves. They don't really care about it. Don't have a passion about it. It's just the freedom that they're really passionate about. And that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning and work on your business. But then once you get comfortable and you achieve that, you're like, ah, this, you know, this, whatever this product is, I don't really want to jump out of bed and keep working on it. I've just kind of built myself this new job. And then people start asking, what kind of value do I actually want to add to the world? And what am I really passionate about? And I think for me, I've always wanted to be a novelist. And I'm starting to 
dip my toe into the water of fiction. I've been working on this book for a while and I would really love if I don't have to depend on the nonfiction for an income for the next five to 10 years and I can transition into being a full-time author under my real name and really make that my career as a writer. So that's super scary and it's, yeah, it's really hard <laughs> and it's just another stair step that I'm going up. Yeah, it sounds like it's definitely a pattern. I can see you stair stepping. So, you, and the nice part about that is, if it do, if it doesn't work the first time, you're not like betting the farm. So you always have another another shot, another turn up, another shot up at bat, right? Like, and you can try it again, and you can say, let's course. You know, maybe hiring a bunch of authors didn't work, but you didn't bet the farm on that. So you can course correct. So you always have that that you can keep trying at this point. Yeah, which is even very inherent to info products on Amazon versus like FBA or physical products, because if my book isn't working, I can just unpublish it, write a new title, get a new cover, write a new description, publish it again, maybe it'll start selling. And I don't have like all this inventory I bought of the wrong product that I can't make sell, I can just pivot and change things and really adapt on the fly. And because it's just you too, it's very agile. Yeah. You can almost just come in in the morning and realize, you know what, that's not the right direction. Let's just 180 over here and that's totally fine. Yeah. Very cool. Before I let you run, actually, I'm just curious. Is it, now that you have 35 bucks out there, that sort of thing, is it, are you making more money during the upfront publishing or is it something that you have this catalog where those make residual income and at some point that would just reach this threshold where you know what I don't have to do I don't have to I don't have to do this anymore I can choose to write novels like how does that work yeah um I when I first started I was publishing so many books and now it's only every few months that I'll publish one um, because they once they're published and they're ranking um that kind of builds on itself that more people see it more people are clicking more people are buying and that just reinforces it over time so yeah it's pretty passive once they're ranking I do manage the ads a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, I like it for that as well, because it's really not a day to day grind. It's just that really upfront work and then just managing it after that. Yeah. Very cool. So you build up a catalog and then you're able to basically keep getting value out of that almost indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. If anyone wants to kind of see what you're working on now, or if there's anything you want to plug where, you know, what can people follow you or what can people check out what you're doing now? Yeah, so I will plug my novel that I've been working on. Um, it's a thriller about digital nomads living in Thailand. Um, so if anyone's familiar with The Beach, it's kind of like that. It's, it's a bit dark, murder and mystery, but I'm just setting it about 20 years later. So everybody has laptops. Um, so my website is kylagardner.com and people can find me there. Awesome. We'll link to all the show notes. It was uh, great chatting. Thanks for having, coming on the show. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Charles. Thanks, <laughs> Charles.